Welcome to Destiny Spirit Church. This week's message is by our senior pastor, Donna Astern. On the second Saturday of the month, we always are going to focus on spiritual gifts and the, the power of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life. It's going to be a little different tonight. That's okay, right? Yeah. Sure. We don't care. <laughs> Whatever. It's going to be a little different tonight. But as I was, um, it's really been on my heart that people need encouragement. You know, people need a lot of strength, a lot of encouragement. I know that many of you right now are facing some, some real challenges in your life right now. Some of, uh, some of you have been in a kind of a tough season for a while. And, you know, I feel like that when we come and we meet together, it needs to be life-giving. You know, God is so faithful to show up. There's always just this life that comes here. And so many of you have got such a heart to pour out and to give to other people and to be a blessing. But I really wanted to spend a little time tonight talking about strength through prayer and through prophecy. Because everybody needs to be strengthened. You know, because we've all got stuff going on in our lives and, and sometimes, you know, you just you know, you just need some help. So I want us to look at some of these scriptures. In Second Corinthians chapter one. And we'll see how things work out tonight. You know, they asked me this afternoon, so what are we going to do tonight? I said, I'm counting on God showing up. <laughs> you know, Lord's always faithful. I always say, if God doesn't show up, why should we? So, you know, I'm, I, that's what I count on. It's like, here we are. We're just human, doing the best, whatever we can, but we count on the Lord to make all the difference. Second Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to start it, before I start reading, this is written by Paul, right? Paul, Mr. Super Apostle, the powerhouse, the man of miracles, the man who wrote, you know, two-thirds of the New Testament. Powerful, powerful man. And let's look what happened in his life. Let's look at verse 8. He says, For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively, beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. This is not just a bad day. This is a bad, long period of time when to be so excessively burdened, feeling like you're not going to make it. And that's where Paul was at. Verse 9, Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves, so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Folks, when you get into tight and tough situations, you come to the end of your strength, don't you? You come to the end of, I've done all I know how to do, and it might not be enough. Anybody felt like that recently? I have. Done all I know, and it's not enough. That is that sentence of death in yourself. You know that you can't pull this off. You know you can't bring a change. You're doing all that you know. You put one foot in front of the other. You do everything you know is right to do. But when it comes down to it, God's got to show up. God's got to intervene. And this is exactly the place that he says, he says, this is so that we would not trust in ourselves. Folks, most of us like to be in control. We don't like surprises in our lives. We want our ducks in a row. We want to know that everything's taken care of. Isn't that right? 
Yes, it's right. I'm talking because y'all are just like I am about this, okay? We don't like those unhappy surprises that, you know, come and now you got to pay $1,100 and now you got two weeks without work and now you got, I don't like those kind of surprises either, all right? But notice what he says here. This is so that we would learn not to trust in ourselves. Folks, as long as you've got a steady job bringing in lots of money, you don't have to trust God. As long as you're able to solve all your problems by yourself, you don't need God. Well, I don't know about you, but I think a bunch of us need God right now. (laughs) I think a bunch of us are in a place to where, okay, I've done all I can do and it's not enough. But you know what? Understand. Remember the prophetic words we had tonight? God is faithful. He knows exactly the situation every last one of us are in right now and loves us with an everlasting love, loving us tenderly and watching carefully over us. Maybe the big thing God's trying to get across to you and to me is quit trusting yourself. Quit trusting that you can solve all your problems. Instead, We're going to trust in the Lord. Look what it says. That we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. He says, we felt like we were going to die. It was so bad. But we're trusting that even if we do die, God's going to raise us up. Now, you might not be worried about dying as far as physically, but maybe you're concerned about dying financially. Maybe concerned about dying in your relationships. But our faith is not in ourselves, but in God who is able to raise even the dead. We need to encourage ourselves with the word of God and look at what has the scripture showed. How many times do we see in the word of God? It looked like disaster today, but tomorrow God had done something phenomenal. I mean, just think about it real quickly. What about the this time when the um, the city was under siege and everybody was starving to death? Remember, everybody was starving to death in the city. And there were this group of lepers who were outside. And they said, well, we're going to die anyway. We might as well just go on down the road and see if those guys, the army over there, will give us something to eat. They said, because if we stay here, we're going to die. And so they decided to go ahead. And they went, and the Lord had already run off the enemy. They went there and found all these provisions, which then, of course, they came back and they told the city leaders about In one day, they went from absolute disaster to abundance. What about what happened with Joseph? Joseph, who was the dreamer, who got thrown into prison for doing nothing wrong. Some of us have faced situations, we didn't do anything wrong, and we still got in trouble. Okay? He got thrown into prison for something he had not done, and not only that, but God left him in prison. I think I might have got offended. I mean, he's sitting in prison for years for something he didn't do, and he's the man of God. You know what? Sometimes God doesn't bail you out of your situation as fast as you'd like. He's, let's be honest. He's never bailed us out as fast as we like. <laughs> I like to get bailed out like yesterday. So, but what happens while Joseph is in prison, he's just being faithful just trusting God, and then he winds up interpreting a couple of guys' dreams and thinks he's getting out right away, but no, he gets left in there longer. But then one day, 
Pharaoh gets word that he can interpret dreams, and next thing you know, he's sprung from jail. He's got new clothes. He's cleaned up. They give him something to eat. And then after that, next thing you know, he's made prime minister of Egypt. That's a pretty good promotion in a very short period of time. I'm sure that when he's out there riding around on the finest horses of Egypt, he's got all these people waiting on him hand and foot, that maybe he decided all those years in prison weren't so bad after all. That's a pretty good promotion, right? You know what? See, I really believe that God is at work in you and in me and teaching us not to trust in ourselves, but to trust in Him. And yes, we need to be diligent. We need to be responsible. We need to follow through with what we know to do and what we can do. But when you come to the end of it, it's like all I can do is all I can do. I talked to a couple of you guys this past week, and this is what I'm hearing people say to me. All I can do is what, I, is what I have been doing. I take one day at a time, just as David was teaching a week ago. Just one day at a time, all I can do is take care of today because I can't fix tomorrow. And waiting to see. Now, didn't Jesus teach us that about not to worry about tomorrow? He said, you got enough problems with today. And he said, every day has enough trouble of its own, right? And so do what you can today. And even if you die, trust that God's going to raise you from the dead. You see, this is, Paul is talking from a voice of experience. You know, I don't like to hear testimonies of people that never been through anything. You know, it's a little bit annoying <laughs> to have somebody say, oh, I'm just trusting God, blah, 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 and they have never been through anything in their lives. You know, after a while, I mean, you know, that kind of testimony is hollow, isn't it? It's like, that's theory. I want you to tell me somebody who's been through something and has actually seen the power of God come through in their lives, okay? For example, I can talk to you about being raised up off a hospital bed because I was, because God did it. I can talk to you about supernatural deliverance from danger because God did it. I can talk to you about supernatural provision because God has done it for me. You know, and I can give you stories about these things. And I want to hear your testimonies and your stories. The thing is, right now, some of us are working on some amazing testimonies. Aren't you? I mean, aren't some people in this room working on some amazing stories? Boy, when this thing ends up, it's going to be good. Because right now, I'm right here with Paul. The sentence of death (laughs) in myself, so I would not trust in myself, but God who raises the dead. Look at verse 10. God who delivered us from so great a peril of death and will deliver us. Has God ever delivered you from anything? Then have you seen God deliver other people from things? Yes. This has got to be our faith confession. God will deliver me. Say that with me. God will deliver me. Say it that again. God will deliver me. Because you see, there are things that you can't fix and I can't fix. But God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He's got access. He's got resources. He's got ways we hadn't even thought about. You know what, folks? Sometimes we are trying to, because we trust ourselves, we try to manipulate and con a thing and make it work and figure it out. But you know what? You do what you can do, being diligent and responsible, but then we're going to trust God to do something that we can't do. Joseph, all he knew was, at some point, I'm getting out of prison because I had that dream when I was a kid. I dreamed that I was going to have, I was going to, you know, have um, leadership. 
Remember the sun, the moon, stars, you know, and all that kind of stuff, those dreams he had. Well, let me ask you, what kind of dreams have you had? What kind of prophetic words have you had? What has God spoken to you that has not yet manifested right now? And what has God spoken to you that it looks like you got a snowball's chance of that thing happening? Hey, if you're in a situation, snowball's chance, that sounds perfect for a miracle. That sounds perfect for God to say, let me show myself strong and do something you can't do. Do something you can't fix. Folks, you cannot put God in a box. And don't say, well, my job limits me here. My family limits me here. My paycheck, I only make. I only this. I only that. God is way bigger than any of your circumstances. You don't know what he's got up his sleeve. God has got something wonderful planned for those who believe. God is just looking for somebody who's got faith on the earth. Somebody who will stand up and declare, I don't care what your emotions are screaming in your ear. I don't care what your checkbook says, what the bank told you, what whoever told you what. We're going to stand up and say, God will deliver me. Now let me also preach the prophesy to some of you guys are feeling guilty for the situation you're in that you got yourself in trouble. And therefore, there's a part of you that will not allow yourself to trust God because you kind of feel like you deserve it. In Jesus' name, I break the power of that accusation off you right now. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ died for your failures, your mistakes, everything that was wrong in your life. He died for it and He can fix it. And in Jesus' name, I break that power of guilt and I command the spirits of guilt to leave this people in Jesus' name. And I'm here to tell you, you forgive yourself for the mistakes you made. God did. There are things that you didn't know. You didn't know or you were stupid. We've all been there, ignorant and stupid. And we have done things that we deeply regret. But I'm here to tell you, God is here to deliver us from all these things. God is not intending for you and me to beat ourselves up. Quit joining a party with the devil. The devil's the one been beating you up, been making you feel bad about yourself. And if your heart condemns you, you can't trust God, can you? If your heart condemns you, it's hard to believe that God feels differently about you. I'm here to tell you, God will deliver us. We will see His glory and His power, and we will give praise and testimony. I choose deliverance. I choose victory. And there are some things I can't solve, but I don't care. God can fix it. This has got to be strong faith. I'm injecting you with a spirit of faith tonight and a spirit of boldness tonight. And it's time to shake off all that wimpiness. Because you know what? The devil wants to get you into a place of feeling sorry for yourself and feeling like a failure and defeated and get you into a place of just being wimpy and whining. And prayer has been whining. I confessed to God the other day. I've been whining to you and calling it prayer. That's not prayer. Prayer is faith. Prayer is what has God said in his word and making declaration. And not only that are we having faith and confidence in making declaration, but it's high time you got fed up with the devil and tell him to take a hike. And spirits of fear and spirits of guilt and spirits of poverty in Jesus' name, tell the devil, no, no, I don't care what it looks like. You're breaking that thing off your generational line. 
We're having something different for ourselves and our children in the name of Jesus Christ. Ourselves and our spiritual children. I'm claiming for this congregation, everybody here walks free from debt, walks free from poverty, walks free from lack, and walks free from the fear of it in Jesus' name. And we have been aggressively pushing in faith for quite some time to break these mindsets and break these forces. And guess what? The devil fought back. Well, guys, big whoop de doo surprise. <laughs> guess what? We stir ourselves up and we win. You need to tell the devil no. And I mean with your mouth. When those thoughts are coming to you and those emotions are coming to you, make a declaration and declare and prophesy to your future. What has the word of God said regarding your future? What does the scripture say? You know, don't just tell me something, well, God's faithful. Give me some word. Give me a sword. Because a sword, a double-edged sword, is going to be much more powerful in your weapons to just say, well, something like God's faithful. How about my God shall supply all my need abundantly according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus? How about that? How about God will perfect everything that concerns me? How about that? How about the Lord prospers? He always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. Pull out some scripture. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That means I shall have no wants, no needs. That means my needs are met because the Lord is my shepherd. You know, God's good shepherd. You know, a good shepherd takes care of the sheep, lays his life down, Jesus said, right? Jesus lays his life down. There are some things that some of us are going through that absolutely are grievous. And they grieve the Spirit of the Lord. And it's time for you and me to not trust in ourselves, but begin to trust in God. And begin to take our place as sons and daughters of Almighty. And begin to prophesy to our future and declare, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what mistakes I made. Today is a new day and God will deliver me. God absolutely is my deliverer. You know what? That thrills the Lord when you start talking faith like that. How many times did we hear prophetically this, this evening, God's talking about trusting him. David was talking last week about trusting the Lord. I'm here to tell you, this is something that is absolutely essential in this day. It is essential. God is putting his fingers on our relationship with him and our ability to trust in him. This is where we are. And this is something that you and I are going to have to learn to do. And of course, the devil is trying to fight and try to get you to not trust in God and trying to get you to believe the worst. But he is a liar. Let God be true and every man and every devil a liar. And not only that, but guys, you're still breathing. As long as you're still breathing, you still got hope. You've still got hope. It ain't over yet. It is not over. There are some situations that have happened in your lives that you thought, well, that didn't work out. That's the end of story. It's not over. It's not over until God says it's over. And as far as I'm concerned, there's a lot of stuff that's yet to be settled. There's a lot of miracles on their way. In Jesus' name. Look what it says here. There in verse, middle of verse 10, He will deliver us. He on whom we have set our hope. Because see, our hope's not on ourselves because we know we can only do so much. And he will yet deliver us. 
even in the midst of a painful, difficult situation, he makes proclamation, he will deliver me. You know what? It's easy to declare God will deliver you when you haven't got any trouble. When it looks like it's a problem that you can solve, it's real easy. Oh, God will deliver me. But when you can't solve that problem, that's when you need that declaration of faith, he will deliver me. The Lord says that if we, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved, saved, rescued. I got an email from somebody this past week crying out, says, I am praying for God to rescue my family. And I was praying, you know, for two. God, rescue this family. And already I begin to see some positive change where God is rescuing a family. You need a savior. You need a rescuer. There are some of us, we are facing some situation. It's like, help Jesus. Come riding on the white horse. Come rescue me. All right? And he's coming. He's looking for somebody to trust him and make declaration that he is faithful, that he is coming. Verse 11. You also joining in helping us through your prayers so that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many. What's helping? When you are at the end of yourself, there's only so much you can do, you can't do anything else. You need other people to pray for you. We need to pray for one another. The Bible says often that we need to pray for one another. You know what, folks? Some of you won't let anybody know what's going on in your life because you're proud. I don't want to bother anybody. I don't want anybody to know my trouble. I don't want anybody to bother. Look, the Bible instructs us to pray for one another. Why don't you let us know something so we can pray for you? I mean, seriously. I would be so upset if I found out you were going through some kind of crisis and you didn't bother to let anybody know about it. I would say, what is wrong with you? You know? Think about that. I care about you. I want to know if you're hurting. I want to know if you're in pain. People say, oh, you're so busy. I don't want to bother you. Everybody's busy. And yet most of y'all know I check my email every day, if not ten times a day. My email's on all the time. Y'all got my email address. We got intercessors, people that love to pray. Look. Recognize you need help. You not only can't solve this problem by your own self without a miracle from God, but you also you can't pray for yourself adequately. Because you know what? When you're fighting your own internal battle, sometimes it's hard to pray strong in faith like somebody else can do for you. You get somebody else that, hey, they just had a miracle. They're happy. They're great. They're strong. Yeah, let them come over and just shake heaven for you. We need one another. They will help us through our prayers. And what does he say here? So that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf. You know what? When all of us have joined together and we have prayed for one another and God comes through and works a miracle, there's a whole lot of people rejoicing. If it just say, for example, that you're the only person that knows about your problem. Nobody else knows about his problem but him. He doesn't share it with anybody. He just prays by himself. God answers his prayer, and he's rejoicing. One person rejoicing. Re- you know, conversely, let's say 
He let 10 people in the room know what was going on. 10 people in the room began to join forces and agree and pray together. When he gets his victory, you got 11 people rejoicing. God is glorified. This means more praise, more thanksgiving, arising, more sacrifices to the Lord. How many of you think the Lord is worthy of all praise? That we need to give Him some more things? We need to praise Him for some more things? The reason that we share praise reports here is because good news is wonderful to hear, especially when you're going through hell a mile. But we want many praises to come up from many people. So yes, share your victories with us. Don't be ashamed to share your victories. Every now and then, somebody's like, well, I you know, it sounds like I'm bragging, blah, blah. Look, share your victories so we can all go praise God. We can all thank God together with you. You know, this is what family does. We share with one another. The burdens are lessened and the victories are multiplied. Isn't that what family does? You know, we want to see a lot of praise and a lot of glory being given to the Lord. The Bible says in James 5, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. To pray for one another. You don't have to wait until everything is 100% wonderful in your life. You can pray when all hell is breaking loose in your life. But you know what you're doing? You're joining forces with somebody else. And added your voice of faith, your strength to someone else. Praying for one another that you all may be healed. You know, maybe you're going to find that as you pray for somebody else, your own need becomes met. Doesn't the Bible teach us that the liberal soul is himself watered? As we extend ourselves out to other people, God sees that. You know, there's, there are things that God will bless you with, you don't even ask for, just because you are serving other people. You know, the Bible says that God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love. God sees everything that you are doing to bless somebody else, praying for them, encouraging them, instructing them, whatever you're doing to help somebody else, help them move, you know, whatever you're doing. God sees all of those things that are happening. And the Bible says he is not unrighteous to forget it. You know, even Nehemiah, remember when Nehemiah prayed, he was going to build the wall. And over and over, Nehemiah says, remember me, O Lord, for good. Remember the good stuff I've been doing. Hey, some of you guys, you bend over backwards. You lay your life down to be a blessing, to be a servant to others. You think God forgot about that? Of course not. God remembers all that you're doing. So we're going to anticipate and expect that as we are praying and blessing our brothers and sisters in Christ, that God's got somebody also watching our back. Somebody else is praying and believing God for our victory, for our release in Jesus' name. You know, it's not enough for one or two people to get their prayers answered and to get their victory. It's not until everybody crosses over. Everybody gets it. You know, when Israel was crossing the Red Sea, they didn't leave some of them on the other side. Everybody had to go. The Red Sea stayed open till the last person got all the way across. And that's where our heart is. I want to see you get your victory and you get your victory, but that's not enough if that's the only people that do it. It's got to be wholesale. Everybody. Everybody comes up and begins to walk in the inheritance that Jesus Christ died for us to walk in. 
So let's no longer just decide, well, I'm going to barely be passive and barely squeak by. No, let's be overcomers. Whatever the enemy has brought, no matter what pain you're in right now, it's time to rise up and say, God will deliver me. And not only that, but he's going to deliver you. He's going to deliver you. He's going to deliver you. And my heart is, let's just go to war. Let's just fight. You know, the devil tries to hit you in your faith and tries to get you not to believe any longer. Well, let's just take on some more projects. Let's just believe God, not just for my need and your need, but let's believe God for everybody's needs. Let's find out what's going on with people. And let's start storming heaven and rebuking devils and driving off spirits of discouragement and fear from people. You need to kick those things out of your house. Kick them out of your house, including those self-pity demons. I mean, you need to get rid of self-pity, folks. James, the rest of James 5.16, it says, The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Prayer can accomplish much. Remember Paul said, he said, Through your prayers, you are helping us through your prayers. Yes, he's the great super apostle man of faith going through hell a mile, but he says, Through your prayers, we're going to see victory. You know, sometimes we look at people, you know, like somebody like Paul, we think he don't need any prayer. I mean, he's got the devil on the run. He's doing fine. He doesn't need any help. Folks, through your prayers, we get the victory. All of us gets it. You know, sometimes people, they look, you know, people look at Jen. Jen's got it all together. She's, she's Miss Can Do, right? Miss Red Cape. She is... She's smart, she's cute, she's multi-talented, she prophesies, she's, you know, right there pitching in, helping out all the time. And people think, Jen don't have any problems. She's got it all together. She's fine. You know what? She needs prayer. She needs help. She should not need to be facing her current challenges alone. Help her. Take your, you know, you know, sit down with your Bible. Take your directory. <laughs> Start praying for folks, people. You are helping them get their victory. And as each one of us gets our victory, God is glorified. James 5.17 says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Prayed it not rain. And man, it does not rain. Okay. Then he prayed again, the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Notice it says that Elijah was a man like us. He was a guy that had the same nature that we have. That means he had good days and bad days. That means he had days he felt really strong and powerful, and days he felt weak. There are days he felt failure. There are days he felt like things are not going the way I had my life planned. You know, but he was like us, but he was a man who knew how to pray. And when he prayed, the heavens stopped the rain because he said so. That's pretty good. That's pretty amazing. There are some things that are only going to happen when God's people decide to pray. So much of the time, we have had a passive attitude towards God. 
Well, if God wants me blessed, he'll bless me. If God wants me healed, he'll heal me. If God wants me to prosper, he'll prosper me. How about we do what the Bible says and pray? Okay? Ask and you shall find. Right? Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. And not only that, we're asking in strong confidence and in faith. We're making faith declarations, but we're also arresting enemy spirits. You need to tell the devil to get off your finances, to get out of your family, to get out of your nighttime. It's time to say enough is enough. You know, I remember years ago, I was reading a book by Ken Hagen, and Ken Hagen was having a visitation from the Lord. The Lord was standing right in front of him, speaking to him. And while he was doing this, this little monkey demon jumped up and started running back before between him and the Lord. And he's there, and the more this monkey is making all this racket and all this noise, he's having a hard time listening to the Lord who's speaking to him. And he's thinking, why doesn't the Lord get rid of that little monkey demon? And the Lord said to him, I've given you that authority. Quit waiting for God to fix something he's given you authority to do. You drive out devils. Drive them out of your house. Drive them out. Drive out means with force you're not going to tolerate this any longer. Get rid of that guilt. Get rid of that shame. And get rid of that poverty. In Jesus' name. I want you to hate those things. Don't you hate how it makes you feel? How do you feel when guilt won't leave you alone? When regret won't leave you alone? Do you understand? There's an evil spirit there that just delights and torment. So we need to drive those things out. Hallelujah. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 10, very familiar passage. But I want to point out a couple of things here. Ephesians 6.10, finally, be strong in the Lord. Remember, we're not trusting in ourselves, in our ability. We have seen that we have limitations. God has no limitations. You can feel so beat up and so worn out to feel extremely weak. Feel like I just had the month from hell. I don't have any energy. I don't have any ability. I don't have any faith. You know what? You have to be strong in the Lord. The Bible says that when when we are weak, He is strong. So instead of just trying to get yourself stirred up, you're not going to trust in yourself anymore, right? I've done all I can do. But God, I'm going to draw upon your strength. I'm going to step into that place of your strength. Be strong in the places where I am weak, in the places where I can't do this anymore. Be my strength. Be strong in the Lord. It doesn't say to be strong in your willpower, to be strong in your Bible knowledge, to be strong in yourself. It says to be strong in Him. So we are we're facing our painful situation, and we're going, okay, God, I am weak to do anything more about my situation. I've been diligent. I've been responsible. But there are some things here I can't fix. So I'm going to take my strength in you. And I'm going to be strong in you. And together we're going to see victory for you will deliver me. 
It says, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. It's his might. Some of you have never experienced his might because you're so used to being strong for yourself. You got to be strong for yourself, strong for your wife, strong for your husband, strong for the kids, strong for this one. Hey, folks, you wind up being so strong in yourself, you've never experienced being strong in him. Being strong in him is a different thing, and it's unnatural to us because we like to be in control. We like to fix it. Being strong in the Lord is we're recognizing I'm weak. I failed in myself. I can't do it. But God is going to strengthen me. He's going to deliver me and then act like a man or a woman of faith and begin to move forward and make declarations, bind and loose, decree, prophesy, and watch the joy of the Lord rise up strong within you. We were singing this tonight about the strength of the Lord. It is the joy of the Lord that is your strength. When you are weak, you need to stir up the joy that is already there. You know what? When you're weak, you're tired, aren't you? But joy, renewed joy gives you a burst of energy. You feel like you can get up and you can go again. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Look at verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle, and we do struggle, we are struggling. Our struggle is not with flesh and blood. But it's against the rulers, the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Do you understand why you've been having such a rough time? It's because not, it's not because of the natural circumstances you're facing, but because you are struggling with strong spirits. There are spirits trying to kill your faith, trying to discourage you, trying to steal from you and try to keep you beat down. You are wrestling with invisible forces. That's why we've got to have his strength and his armor. This is why that folks, you got to quit you got to quit looking at things in the natural realm. For so long it's so easy to just look at the natural realm. I could just, you know, blame this person and blame that situation and blah 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 and not see there's an invisible force behind there that has been a puppet master manipulating things and feeding lies to you, trying to get you to buy in so that you will lose. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Hallelujah. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Verse 13, Therefore take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. What's an evil day? You had one of those this week? An evil day? An evil day is the kind that, oh my God, what happened now? An evil day is one to where you're glad it's over. Sometimes the best thing you say about a day is it's over, right? Thank God that's over with. Okay. An evil day. But see, God intends for us to be able to resist. That when we are wrestling with spiritual forces, God intends for us to be able to successfully stand against it. To successfully resist. That's why he's like, put on this armor, get strong, and get somebody else praying for you. All right? Look, verse 14. Oh, having done everything to stand firm, not stand weak, not stand kind of half-hearted, but to stand firm. How many of you, do not raise your hands, how many of you are standing firm? 
How many of you have had your faith shaken in the past season of time and you're not standing as firm as you once did? It's real easy to repent. God, I repent. Help me stand firm. Moving right along. Thank God for the blood of Jesus, right? For every failure that we've made, the blood of Jesus is sufficient. Okay, so now that we know, okay, I was not standing very firm. I was kind of whining. I was kind of in self-pity. Okay, feeling sorry for myself. Nobody's got as bad as me. That's not standing firm. Now that we recognize that, okay, I'm done with that. I'm done with self-pity. I'm done with whining. And now I'm going to stir myself up, make declaration according to the scripture, and stand firm because God will deliver me. He is delivering me. God is at work right now in my situation and your situation. He is bringing forth deliverance now. He is working on something that we cannot see. He's got a plan. He's got resources. There's something going on that you and I are not aware of. But our deliverance is coming. Verse 14, stand firm therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace in addition to all taking up the shield of faith by which you'll be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one you know those arrows come there's been some arrows zinging by some heads but you know what they're going to be they're going to be extinguished when they hit the shield of faith arrows may come they will come welcome to life welcome to warfare Arrows come, but faith is able to overcome. This is a victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, right? Overcomes every time. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, with all prayer and petition. Pray at all times in the Spirit. With this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for yourself. No, for all the saints. See, a lot of times we've not seen that part for all the saints because our own problems have been so big, our own problems have been so weighty that we forgot praying for somebody else in their situation. Paul said, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we would not trust in ourselves, but you are helping us with our prayer. God will deliver us. Folks, our armor being together is not just for you and me to have personal victory. It's for these people to have victory too. Praise God. We are to get each other's back to where nobody has to stand alone. Nobody face their challenges alone. But we are here to join together with you. So you know what? It's time to begin to pray the word of God in faith. That when we join together and pray, and we're going to pray for one another in a few minutes, I want you to scare the hell out of the devil when you pray. I want you to pray with such fire and with such passion and with the word of God coming out of your mouth that the sword is being wielded and the devil is in big trouble. And drive off all those spirits of shame and guilt and fear and discouragement. All those things have been coming against your brothers and sisters. Drive them out. You just have mass deliverance. Just drive them out, okay? We're going to resist the devil. And not only that, but we're going to begin to decree and prophesy our future. Decree and prophesy. Job said, you shall decree a thing and it shall come to pass. 
instead of just whining and complaining, well, God, will you maybe help me here somehow? Let's make some faith declarations and decree what's going to happen. Hasn't the devil been telling you what's going to happen? The devil has been telling you you're going to bankruptcy. The devil's telling you your kids will never turn to God. The devil's telling you all kinds of things. It's time for us to begin to prophesy over our own futures. Prophesy and decree what shall be. And create with the faith that God has given us, with the power of the spoken word, and be just like Jehovah God's kids. And enter into a creative realm of ministry. And begin to create your future with words. And begin to create for brothers and sisters with words, with words of faith. Amen. I'm here to tell you, you are overcomers. You are more than conquerors through him who loved you. And you will not be defeated. You will not be taken out because we won't allow it. We will not allow it. We are bound together in love with cords of love. And we are here for one another. And we're here to build one another up and believe God together. Hallelujah. We're going to decree. We're going to make some declarations. We're also going to stir up the gift of prophecy. We're going to stir up prophecy. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 3, that prophecy does what? Edifies and comforts and exhorts. I got them all out of order. Okay. Stir up, cheer up, and build up. People need encouragement. Yes, people need prayer, but they also need the energizing prophetic word to come in and to give them something else to hang on to. Because we can pray a strong prayer of faith, but we also want to release the prophetic word into their future and make declaration. Amen? So we want to stir ourselves up. Folks, when we come here to get together in church, understand there are people here tonight that are just barely here by the grace of God. Because life has been so hard. You know what? If life has been good for you, then you ought to be in a great place to prophesy. In a great place to encourage and stir somebody up. We want to add courage to those who have been discouraged. Courage comes from prophetic word. The word brings life. It brings strength into one another. And you don't have to know what a person's situation is. You tap into the Spirit of God and allow the Spirit of God just begin to flow and begin to speak good things over their future. I'm here to tell you, the Spirit of God's going to join with you and you're going to find yourself in a place of hitting the nail on the head for exactly the thing that this person needs in their life. It is time for us to see this, the importance and the necessity of prophecy. You know, the Bible says in the last days, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Sons and daughters will prophesy. It's not just for the prophetic team. It's not just for the prophet. It's for sons and daughters of Almighty to begin to open their mouth and decree the will of God over people's lives. To decree victory and blessing and freedom and deliverance over people's lives. As we teach in the seminar, you can restrain this gift or you can activate this gift. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, excuse me, yes, 14.32, the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. This means you can stir up the gift of prophecy. You say, well, I hadn't got a word. I'm like, well, get one. Then get one. Stir up your gift. Determine, God, I love my brother. I love my sister. I want to be a blessing to them. Let's stir up and, and get yourself charged to release something 
earth-shaking, to release something powerful. Hallelujah. We are responsible to release the gifts that God's given us. Do you know the body was designed to heal itself? How many people are waiting on a visitation from Jesus to come solve their problems, to come make them feel better? And we've got talented, gifted men and women and children sitting right here in this room. You know, you should not have to have to go anywhere else than right here and get what you need from heaven. Whether you need healing, whether you need deliverance, whether you need prosperity, wisdom, whatever, counsel, whatever you need, you should not have to have to go anywhere else. Because we've got men and women here who are equipped and trained. Most people here in this room have attended the Ministry and Spiritual Gifts Seminar. Most of you know how to pray the prayer of faith. You know how to stir yourself up to be a blessing. It's just to make a decision to do so. But we've got men and women and people here tonight that need encouragement, that need to hear from heaven. Who wants to help? You want to help? All right, we're going to help. We're going to be responsible. We're going to be good stewards of the manifold grace of God. See, I'm injecting faith in you tonight. I want you mad at the devil. I want you upset with what the devil has been doing to the precious people that you love. I want you to get mad at the devil for the torment he's bringing to your own mind and decide, you know what, we're not doing this anymore. We're going to act like God's alive. We're going to act like God is faithful. And we're going to pray one for another. We're going to see victory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to you, Lord. God, tonight, we want to see victory for our brothers and sisters tonight. God, tonight, we want you to break off discouragement. We want to break off fear, break off guilt and shame and unbelief in Jesus' name. Tonight, Lord God, we want to see strong moving on behalf of our family right now. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. For more information about Destiny Spirit Church or additional teaching CDs or training events, please visit our website at www.destinyspirit.com or you can write to us at Destiny Spirit Church, P.O. Box 15252, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23328. Thank you.